It's a little exciting when the children are fighting, but they've got to abide by the playground rules. Welcome back, everybody, to the playgrounds. Uh, the rules are the same, but the players have changed. Uh, Arik is dead, acated to the podcast, but he's on vacation right now. <laughs> Uh, so today, we're going to kind of uh, focus on the Celtics a little bit going to the playoffs uh, with a uh, friend of mine, one of my oldest friends, and also someone I've been friends with for a really long time, uh, Mr. <laughs> Dave, scholar of the French language, uh, talented musician, and Celtics diehard, uh, Dave Delciapa. How are you doing? Uh, Herb, Herb, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm doing well. Excited to be here today. Uh, looking forward to talking some Celtics with you. Yeah, I can't wait. Let's just do a little bit of a, an informal getting to know you before we okay. dive into Absolutely. the Celtics. Because I'm sure the people yeah. are curious. You know, um, Dave, how long have you been a fan of basketball for? I've been a fan of basketball since the second I was born. Uh, my father wouldn't have had it any other way. Um, as a former season ticket holder, he had season tickets throughout the 60s. He was there for Bill Russell, uh, Bob Cousy, Tommy Heinsohn, uh, you know, a Red Auerbach, and all those amazing championship teams. I've heard they, of some you know, of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah a, few of the, a few of the old greats right there. So he, <laughs> he was in the stands at that old um, piece of crap Boston Garden for, for all those victories. And I think it was something that just uh, – ran through the family blood a little bit being a Celtics fan is part of being a Del Chava. When when do you think you saw your first Celtics game? Did you see like Larry Bird? I did see Larry Bird. Um they were limited to only uh exhibition games at the uh, Worcester Centrum at the time. Okay. So uh yeah, that's all we could afford back in the day. My dad was a teacher, you know, stay-at-home mom, uh things were tight, but uh sure, sure. he could afford enough to get me out to an exhibition game and I remember going a few times to to see him there for, you know, 5 minutes of mop-up play while before they threw Greg Kite into the game or <laughs> one of the other uh B teamers, C teamers, you know. What's what's the best concert that you ever saw at the Worcester Centrum? Uh, the best concert at the Worcester Centrum. Wow. Um, uh, my first concert at the Worcester Centrum was uh, Aerosmith. And no that kidding. was uh, my first concert ever. When <laughs> my I was first 16. concert was Aerosmith. <laughs> We're really a couple old Boston boys, aren't we? <laughs> uh, I, I guess so, which is pretty funny because I would say Aerosmith is uh, not at the top of either of our uh, lists of all time favorite bands. Certainly not. <laughs> Especially now when we saw them. <laughs> um, I think some of my other favorite shows probably uh, could have involved you. Were you with me at the uh, Oasis show with the Black Crows? Uh, yeah, but that, at, was at the, uh, um, that was at the Twitter that was Center. At, yeah, that was outdoors. That's that's where a show should be. I mean, I that, think shows what is that place called now? It can't be the uh, No, no, it's definitely not. It's not. It used to be Great Woods. I think now it is like the uh, maybe Xfinity Center or something like that. Jeez. I think Comcast owns it. Yeah, or, I saw or one many, of many, many great shows there. Absolutely, I think I think that's uh, that's a spot to see music indoors at the Centrum. Uh, not so much, I don't think. Cool. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Dave, uh, as we've mentioned, he's a, a a teacher, a Celtics fan, a music fan. Uh, we've been friends for over twenty years. Uh, we Since met... the Newberry Comics days. Yeah, we worked at a, uh, a record store in Massachusetts together, and we couldn't be more different, and we probably wouldn't be friends today <laughs> if not for the fact that at the time, and still now, we both loved Oasis. I mean, uh, yeah, I think it was a classic Bond, 
amongst uh, young men in the 90s. Yeah, like many like many friendships in the states in the 90s, like a mutual love of, of Oasis was the the foundation of what would become a, a a friendship that would span decades and I hope will continue to span decades. No doubt, no doubt, absolutely. Cool. So, uh the playoffs are right around the corner. Um this Well, is... we finally have made it, huh? Yeah. No kidding. This is a really weird part of the season um, every year where a lot of teams are just kind of checked out because they're not really playing for anything. Right. Um, and then there are a handful of teams that are just kind of fighting for uh, uh, positioning. Um, I believe, are, are the Eastern spots all locked up now, or are uh, Orlando and uh, Miami, are they still uh, still battling it? I believe they are not locked up yet. I want to say wow, that the Celtics yeah. even still have a chance if they sweep the rest of the season and Philly loses out of getting the number three seed. That I, I read is that true. Uh, earlier this morning. But I think you know the real battle obviously is to stay in the fourth seed to uh, get the home court for the Pacers series. Two games um, left, so we're looking pretty good. Unless we lose out, we should be in pretty good shape. Um, it's going to be hard to catch Philly. They they would have to lose out. You're correct, and we'd have to win out. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I'm not sure I see that happening. <laughs> there are five teams in the East comp- competing for the last three playoff spots. We've got the Nets, the Magic, the Pistons, the Heat, and the Hornets. Um, the Hornets seem like a the longest shot, I guess. I would say they have to be virtually eliminated at this point, right? They're in tenth place, and they're at they're... least uh, two games back of the eighth position. So it's essentially a situation where they would have to. Uh, well, they have three games left. Um, if they okay, if they win out, and That's right. Detroit loses uh, uh, two games, I don't know. There there are scenarios where Charlotte could make it, but it's looking it's looking like uh, Brooklyn and Orlando are probably sitting in a good position, and then uh, and then we'll see who gets that last spot between Detroit, Miami, and Charlotte. Who would you like to see in the first round? Do you think any of those I mean, teams can give Milwaukee trouble? I feel like I, out of sentimental reasons, you might want to see the Heat. You know, I mean, maybe Dwayne Wade needs another game or two to try to make himself look better than Paul Pierce in the overall <laughs> grand scheme of things. You know, we all know that stats don't lie, of course, right? And if Paul Pierce had had Shaq at one uh, healthy point in his career, along with uh, some other guys, maybe say LeBron, one of the greatest players of his generation, uh, perhaps there'd be a few more championships in Boston, uh, like there are in Miami. Yeah, uh, it's funny. But, uh, I, don't, really... I think I'd like to see the Heat. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I think people are getting really worked up about that Paul Pierce thing, and it's it's so funny to me because like, like who cares? Like, of course he thinks he's better than Dwayne Wade. <laughs> he should, shouldn't yeah. he? I mean, I don't know how you how you say. Well, I think Dwayne was really much better than. I mean, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I think most of these guys. I think Semi Ojale thinks he's better than Dwayne Wade. All these guys <laughs> right. are super, super confident. You know, the worst. He's, he's players certainly in... stronger than Dwayne Wade. Yeah, no kidding, man. He's yeah. stacked. Uh, I love Semi. Um, I know it's too bad he can't really put it together out there for uh, much of anything, Kenny. I don't think we'll be seeing much of him in the playoffs. No, it's going to be a seven-man rotation, right? Yeah. Um, well, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Getting ahead of ourselves. In in the West, every playoff team is kind of uh, set. We don't know exactly how the standings are going to shake out. Um, I think I'd love to see the Thunder slide to the eight spot because I think a Thunder Warriors first-round series would actually be super fun. 
Yes. And no. as somebody who has school vacation for the first week of the playoffs, I'm, I'm especially hoping to stay up late for those West Coast games. You're excited, and it, like, man. have it be, oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. Thunder Warriors, that could be really fun. Oh, who, that'd knows? Be great. who knows? Right? And then you could get like Spurs, Nuggets. That's kind of interesting because it's like a, a really old yeah. team versus a really young team. Like, the will the youth and inexperience right. kind of like haunt them early on? Uh, that would be a, that would be another one. I could see Popovich coaching the the series of his life and getting uh, getting the Spurs over the hump against uh, Denver. I could definitely see that happening, and I think that I mean I love this Denver team, and they've got our guy Isaiah. Right. But I yes. love the Spurs. I respect them, and I think it'd be really fun to see uh, uh, Pop do something like that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then I'm not sure about the other matchups there. The Rockets Clippers that should be an interesting matchup, but I, I think the Rockets look awfully good. Yeah, that it's uh, also tenuous, so we don't really know how that's going to shake out. But a Rockets Clippers series could be fun. Again, you know, it's just like uh, the Clippers are a really solid team, uh, one of the right. biggest surprises of the year. They've been uh, a joy to watch. Um, the Rockets are awful to watch, but they're really, really good. <laughs> yeah, and they've been good, especially in the second half, because they started so poorly, and to find themselves in third position right now, I think, is, uh, you know, I guess a testament to, like, Chris Paul coming back and James Harden just scoring like a machine. He's been unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, cool. And, and then, the of course... Uh, Oh, the Blazers! I mean, so disappointing. I can't, man. I can't unsee that that clip of Nurkic's leg folding in half. Oh, I've not seen that. I can't watch that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I saw it on accident. It was one of the things scrolling through. It popped up, and then there it was. And it's just like his yeah. his foot like folded up to his knee. It was Ugh, it was it was, it was atrocious. Yeah, it was one of the worst I've seen. Definitely and having I, an I, incredible season. It's a it's just the worst worst kind of thing, you know. Well, hey, Evan Turner has been playing quite well uh, in uh, C.J. McCollum's absence. Evan Turner's I mean, the I, funniest guy in basketball. Yeah, there was a story I miss him recent, in Boston. There was a story recently about him and, like, uh, let's say it was, like, four of his teammates getting stuck on an elevator. And he had, like, yes. two, like, granola bars. And he's like, here, one for me, and you guys can split this one four ways. <laughs> That's classic move. That's classic Evan Turner, too. He's just <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Got to look out for number one, Evan. That's when he signed that big deal in uh, Portland. He was looking out for number one. (laughs) Um, Cool. All right. Well, that's enough. Uh, Well, do you want to say anything about the teams that are eliminated? Any any thoughts? Anything jumps out to you that's interesting? Um, Let's see. In in the West, I mean, the Suns have no excuse for being in the 15th position. (laughs) That is just a super, super underachieving uh, finish for a team that was really exciting and has a lot of good offensive players. Um, Or at least young players. They must be the most talented team. Like, the ratio of talent to performance is is just so wide, you know? Right. like, with the Cavs and the Knicks, it's like, well, who, why would they be good? With the Suns, (laughs) it's like, come on. First round, uh, top lottery pick, one through three in the past few years. They're always there, and then it never quite comes together. I don't know if it's a coaching issue or, uh, or a front office issue, but something's they make not some right. Baffling choices. I like. I think like <laughs> yeah. drafting DeAndre Ayton number one. Like, I, I wouldn't. I mean, it was a hometown kind of vibe, right? He was from. Ari- he went to school in Arizona. Was he ASU or something like that? Maybe, but like. That's not a reason to, to when you have the number one spot. That's like the that's the most valuable thing in the NBA. You know, it's like right. Know. 
And I, I don't remember the specifics of who else went around him or, or what the deal was. I think the other uh, notable disappointments on the West are obviously Timberwolves were a disappointment. They had the drama with Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was, uh, I think they have more talent than they, they showed in the standings. And then the Lakers below them in, in, in the 11th position. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, Lakers I think they certainly expected to uh, finish uh, in the playoffs, right? I mean, uh, halfway through, fourth place, LeBron playing well, and then a little tweak of the groin. And. Tweak Some trade game. rumors. Uh, I don't know how how badly did that play out. You know, trying to manipulate AD to to Los Angeles really did not benefit LeBron in the long run. What a disaster, man! It's going to be so interesting to watch the Lakers. I'm actually kind of happy about it because even if they're bad, like for the next three years that they have LeBron, they're still going to be fascinating. Um, oh, oh, absolutely! That's some good TV. Yeah, it's like a very Michael Jordan on the Wizards thing. Oh. <laughs> maybe maybe better though. I think the, at least the weather's nicer, so the sun's <laughs> Cool. Um, yeah, in the East, you know, what can you say about these teams? Uh, uh, the cream of the crop rises to the top. I think, right. <laughs> I mean, no, no surprise. It's uh, Knicks, Cavs, Bulls at the bottom. Maybe are Bulls a little bit of a surprise? Did they, were no, they supposed to be no, any better? I don't think anyone thought the Bulls were going to be any good. The, the biggest uh, surprise is the Wizards just completely falling apart. Obviously, the wall injury is huge. Yes. It, Even then, man. I, they just they don't have the right mix of personalities or yeah. something. I don't know. Or John Wall is just one of those guys who's just never going to quite get it together for a they, title. They need a severe, severe shakeup. They really do. Um, yeah, I think they're talking about tearing it all down, but you're still left with John Wall at like almost $40 million a year for the next three years or something like maybe that. Maybe they can trade it. <laughs> just kidding. This mm. is going to be impossible. Well, no, you think a team like Phoenix, who makes some great decisions, might be interested in taking on a John Wall-like contract for some young, underachieving talent that could really jumpstart a rebuild in Washington, Ooh, right? Kidding? They need a point guard in Phoenix. <laughs> Man, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, another team that would be willing to take on a, a horrible John Wall contract. I don't see I think with that. an injury like that and his kind of skill set and his greatest advantage being his athleticism and speed, like, it's it's – going to be pretty ugly I'm, i you know so i'm sorry to say you know john wall is a great player and he was a lot of fun to watch uh i hope agreed back, agreed but, um, absolutely i do think it's interesting as while we're talking about sort of the nba in general um four of the five teams from the atlantic division made the playoffs it's pretty pretty impressive i think maybe a little bit unexpected too right yeah well certainly I think the Raptors, think the, Sixers, and Celtics were all expected to get in there. Sure. Um, I think no the one, Nets. The Nets. That's a, that's a surprise, right? What a fun story, man. I really, Even though they're a divisional rival for us, <laughs> I really like this Nets team. I feel bad because right. I just completely fleeced them, so it's fun to see them recover a little bit. <laughs> right. And they, you know, despite the fact that they seem to give it to the Celtics hard via, um, what's his name? The, the Lakers reject there. Uh, oh, do you, D'Angelo they, Russell? D'Angelo Russell just it consistently scores 20 against the Celtics in the third quarter. Oh, he kills that's us. Just, he kills that's us. Just what, yeah. I think three games in a row, he got 16, 18, and 20 in the third quarter. It's unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, like unconscious. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. There's always, there's always somebody who gets really hot against the Seas. Yeah, there are a few players in the league that kill us. And even there are some people who are just like always bad, and then when they play the Celtics, they're great. Like Greg Monroe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know? When, when yeah, the Celtics signed right. Greg Monroe, everyone was like, oh, awesome. This guy scores like 30 points a game. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like, no, just, but not just here. against the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> he was the guy I was clamoring for the Celtics to get like three years before they did. And then he showed up and I was like, wow, I know nothing about basketball. <laughs> 
It's just like when I was upset when they drafted Jalen Brown, I was like, who is this guy? This is a horrible pick. Oh, man, you were uh, wrong about that. Oh, Jalen, um, what a roller coaster. We'll, let, we'll get into Jalen in a second sure. as well. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. Quickly, do you have <laughs> yes. a favorite team in the West? Um, Just like that I'm rooting for in general? Yeah, or like that who I... will you root for in the playoffs? Like. Oh man, I think like it's kind of like anybody but the Warriors at this point. Sure, no, sure. I know. I mean, I, I hate the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly wouldn't mind seeing them lose. Uh, there's a lot of likable teams in the West. The Spurs because of Popovich, always mm-hmm. always likable there. The Clippers with Doc. There's a hometown vibe. Um, yeah. Paul George has had a great season for the Thunder. I think for three quarters of it, he was an MVP candidate. Yeah, you know, I, and then he yeah, and, really and, the same. I mean, I have my own feelings about Westbrook. He's super talented. I'm not sure if he'll ever win. He doesn't seem to be, uh, I don't know, he's too ball dominant to really, I think. He's like, a force uh, of nature and he's something. fun to watch, but I agree with you. I, I uh, Two or three years ago, I, I forget, uh, but we saw uh, the Thunder play the Celtics like around Christmas when I was home. Mm-hmm. And seeing Russell Westbrook like play live, it was just unbelievable. I mean, he truly is just a force of nature out there. But yeah, right, and does. it's almost like a Harlem Globetrotter esque, like with the with the moves that he has. It know? really is. His like his fearlessness, his athleticism, just kind of like he's got a very like bold style of play. You know, you right? Can't, you can't believe the stones on this guy and some of the stuff he's willing to attempt. You know. Well, uh, do you have a preference out west now, with uh, you know being uh, you know San Fran based? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I I obviously can't stand the Warriors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they were fun like three years ago. They were, uh, they were fun before they signed Kevin Durant. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way as you. Like, I think it would be fun basically to see any of these teams advance to the finals. As, as far as like. Like, let's say the series are the way they are now. I'd probably root for the Nuggets over the Thunder. I'd definitely root for the Spurs over the Warriors. I'd root for the Clippers over the Rockets. And then Blazers-Jazz would just be fun. That's, like, kind of a wash for me. I, I like both those teams. Sure. I think I would go with Blazers just uh, in coolness of cities. <laughs> Plus, yeah, our guy, our guy Bill Walton's uh former home. <laughs> No doubt. And, and I believe the um, the author of the theme song, is also Portland based. That's correct. Right? To, yeah, to the yeah. playground the rules. Playground rules uh, yeah. One Thomas. You know your stuff. Uh, um, yes, I'm. I'm steeped in my history and facts. <laughs> That's the first time my last name's ever been said on this podcast, and I'm probably I probably apologize. Keep it up. No, it's okay. I'll just keep it up. Um, uh, cool. So let's let's dig into the Celtics a little bit. Um, so uh, we've talked about this before uh, we started recording, but uh, basically our, our plan is to kind of like uh, look at uh, this in kind of three segments. We're going to kind of talk about our expectations going into the season. We're going to talk about this extremely strange season that we've been having, and then we'll look forward a little bit and, and talk about what our expectat- expectations are for the playoffs. Um, so Fantastic, everyone, yes. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. Uh, Everyone remembers at the end of last season, you know, we lost Kyrie, we lost, you know, we lost Gordon Hayward super early, did not see him again. Um, Kyrie, uh, towards the end of the year, uh, ended up having to have knee surgery. So we went into the playoffs with uh, not the team we expected. And then they went on this amazing run um, and ended up going to the conference finals and and losing in seven games. Uh, So the expectation of every single Celtics fan and basketball fan really uh, was like, wow, we're, we're basically adding two all-stars in Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward to a team 
that was a game away from getting to the finals. These guys are going to be fantastic. They're going to win 60 games. They have the most balanced, loaded roster in the entire NBA. Here we go. I mean, that was that was my expectation. <laughs> yeah, no, depth for days, right? Yeah. How could this team be be beat, really, uh, going to the Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals and then adding back two All-Stars in Hayward and Irving? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you top that, right? Expectations were through the roof. My yeah. expectations were through the roof. I, I would... My like wallpaper on my phone was a picture of what we thought would be the starting lineup for the year with uh, Irving, uh, Tatum, Brown, Horford, and Hayward. And I would look at that thing fondly <laughs> seven times a day. <laughs> Just oh, I can't, I can't wait. Um, and then the season started. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it did start. Uh, pretty. Uh pretty uh difficultly right it was uh it was certainly a challenging beginning to the season i think the first game was pretty good uh that's uh, what we opened up against uh, philadelphia with a nice win if i'm uh remembering correctly i could bring up the schedule in front of me here first uh, the first look was like oh these guys are going to be good and then like really quickly it was apparent that the the team we thought we were getting was uh was not uh was not what we had yet. So they won against the 76ers. And then I they believe won against... it was Toronto was the next game that we lost, maybe? Let's take a... I'll bring up the full schedule. This is... Yeah, I know. We should have this stuff in front of us. Amateur hour right here. Yeah, the first game was... You're right, you're right though. The first game was a, a, a walloping of Philadelphia. They won by 18 points. Um, Everybody was feeling good. Tatum scored 23 points. Uh, uh, it was like, cool. This team is going to be good. And then... Well, the Raptors game, I think, was the second game, and it looked great up until about uh, 10 minutes to go in the fourth, six minutes yeah. to go, somewhere in that point. Celtics gave up like a 12 nothing run to end the game, I think, yeah, to lose yeah. by 12 points. Then they, they something barely ridiculous beat the like that. Then they lose to Orlando, and it's like, okay, this is not, this is not the home run that we thought it was. Um, uh, right. The first Let's see, we get a loss to the Thunder. Ooh. Yeah, ping pong. It was a ten and ten. I think the start of the season. Yeah, if you if you look at the schedule, it's just it's just like runs. Like they never went. You know, they 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 went on a couple of nice winning streaks. Um, I think there was mm-hmm. an eight game winning streak in there somewhere. But they also went on a bunch of losing streaks. I mean, <laughs> balanced out. Yeah, and even like recently, uh, you know, there was the four game losing streak. Uh, with Denver, Philly, Charlotte, and San Antonio, uh, including games where they just got like absolutely like hammered, you know, like uh, San Antonio killed them. Um, Unwatchable. Yeah, this this team has been really difficult to watch at times. I mean, when it's good, it's great. And and recently, these games, uh, you know, especially the the two against Miami and the one against Indiana, you know, this they yep. do look focused. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but. It's so hard with this team because every time you think like, oh, they figured it out. They're finally getting along. The problematic players seem to be playing better. Every time you think that, they just completely right. collapse again. Yes. I'm, yes, I'm that curious. Is, that's been the, the one consistent pattern, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like clockwork. Um, I'm curious. In, in your opinion – Give me what you think in, in, in order of significance. What have been the top three issues for the Celtics this year that have caused these problems? Okay. 
Well, I would say these would come in no particular order. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I'm so but, sorry to interrupt uh, you, but I just want to give you a heads. Oh, wait, never mind. Sorry. Oh, I good? saw that there were tickets oh. available for their last game against Washington for $16, oh. but it's in, it's in Washington. Oh. <laughs> 16 bucks. Anyway, please, well, please will not be attending. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I, I think the problems, you know, you can, you can kind of narrow it down to a few issues. Uh, you know, kind of the, the one common theme of too many cooks in the kitchen, mm-hmm. right? You know, you, you talk about that starting lineup that was your wallpaper. How could we realistically expect those guys to get the number of touches they need to, to average the number of points they're going to want to average that's, you know, befitting of their, their talent level, right, I mean, and their the aspirations? like uh... – multiple scorers on the court at the same time and they do it that's true but it seems to be like those guys are at least willing to subjugate some of their stats you know Mm -hmm. for uh for the overall glory of championships Mm -hmm. which you know uh uh, for a young guy in the nba who's still trying to establish themselves and and really still trying to get paid you know uh they don't see i don't think the value necessarily in the team good as much as their own individual stats that they can tout you know the all-star appearances the all nba stuff which unfortunately they don't realize comes with the winning yeah right yeah. you know it's kind of a byproduct of it's not what goes into the winning necessarily um but uh, so well i think they, you know the, the young guys the young guys have hurt us a little bit but at the same time i think that's been necessary to find the growth that they needed to find you know uh someone like gordon hayward who you know has struggled to regain his form really mm-hmm. um you know uh, we've seen flashes of him of course too every uh 25 point output uh was followed by uh oh all right old g is back right know, finally yeah. um you know what's that horrible catchphrase he has about like daddy's always happy or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know. so something skin crawling like that but you know it seemed like daddy was getting happy again right but uh it seems it seems maybe now that i you know i feel a little more comfortable saying that and perhaps you know some of those growing pains are paying he's off been, now that he's been extremely good the last couple of games and I, he, he's looked different too. If you if you yeah. focus on him, he's actually looked aggressive. He's he's looked yeah. to create contact. He has been quick, um, decisive in his moves, and doesn't look like he's afraid to even get challenged at the mm-hmm. rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, for me, I would be terrified. You know, I, I sprain my ankle. I, I, I don't go out, <laughs> don't go outside for a month. Right? You know, I'm off the basketball court for for six months after a, a, do you, a nasty. Do you bump. play basketball? Yeah, actually, I do pick up uh, pick up basketball with some guys at work. We mix uh, teachers and students. We're just, really? uh, I think, f- we're starting up again for the spring. I think on Thursday. Um, oh, it's fun. kind of an, an informal thing that uh, that we started last year. Is it competitive um, or? Uh, it, it can be. I actually, uh, I took a bump where I got undercut when I was going up high for uh, for a layup really aggressively, and I came straight down on my hip, like Ooh. like full on, like nothing to catch myself, and and I, I was out for like the basically the rest of the summer as far as playing basketball. My wow. hip is still, I still have like a weird lump on it, but you know, I'm, I'm 40, so it's uh, yeah, it's funny the, when you get the lumps like... are permanent now. I'm a couple years younger than you, but I'm, I'm, yeah. I, it's, it's funny when you get to be like our age, like, like injuries just like stay. Like when you're like 20 and you fall on your hip, you wake up the next day and you're just like jump out of bed and you're good to go. Like it's not, right. it just stops being like that. Your body doesn't heal itself anymore. No, all my tendons are stretched and torn, I think. So they just kind of uh, hang limply uh, there. So you know. anyway, so the, uh, the, the glory days are over for me. However, uh, the Celtics have, I think, much growth to show. Right? Let's, 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 so, so to go back to the question, the, the top three issues that contributed mm. to the Celtics season. So you think. Right. So we said too many cooks. Yeah. 
Uh, I think maybe, you know, as much depth depth as the team has, they might not have it in the front court as much as we'd like to see, especially defensively. You know, the, yeah. when, when and Aaron Baines misses time, it seems to coincide with self-losing self streaks. Our, right. our fortunes really do seem to hang on, like, the health and performance of Al Horford and Aaron Baines. Because as, as good as Daniel Tice is, uh, or as much sure. as I like Daniel Tice, he's got an extremely yes. limited skill set. And yes, unfortunately, <laughs> part of that skill set is not being a defensive presence, which is part of what you need from your your big man. No, especially against another dominant big man. You know, if you're going to be facing guys like Embiid and you know Giannis and uh, you know people of their ilk, you you need to have some some size like Baines and, the, and strength like Horford. The only chance we have against Miami is uh, or against uh, Milwaukee is is Al Horford being able to hopefully. Uh, minimize the damage Giannis can do, which he has been able to do at times. Um, okay, so too many cooks. So let's see. Lack of front cooks. court depth. What's All right. the number three? Oh, man. The number three. It's tough to say injuries have held us back, I think. Um, we've kind of talked about the youth kind of maybe not being ready for the spotlight yet. Um, I mean, or maybe, maybe too too ready for the spotlight, or uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I, I think I think you look at, at Kyrie, and you know he's an emotional guy. I think he is uh, an honest guy. I think he definitely wants to be known as an honest guy, you know. And I think uh, he's had some growing pains as a leader this season, and maybe not used as much finesse um, as he needed to with some of the younger guys. Yeah, I I think Kyrie, who I love. And I love his earnestness and his sincerity, but, like, man, that guy. I'm sure it's like, you know, as a teacher, you know, when someone writes a paper and they, they use, like, a lot of flowery language to make it seem like what they're saying it has more intellectual substance than it actually does. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's, right. That's Kyrie, you know, like. Some of the well, he strikes me as a number one most humble kind of guy, right? Sure. You know, he's, uh, you know, uh, I think like, hey, I'm the most humble guy in here. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't doesn't ring true when you have to say that about yourself. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. It's a little bit of a paradox. Yeah. Yes. I, I totally respect, you know, how he's trying to come off and how he's trying to present himself. I just don't think he's very good at it. And uh, uh, it clearly uh, rubs people the wrong way. Um yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I can only imagine if if I had a veteran at work who was really a, you know a, a quote unquote veteran, uh, someone who's a couple of years older than me, mm-hmm. who was throwing in my face everything they think I was doing wrong all the time in front of all of my you know fellow staff. Oh and, yeah, and for all the world crazy. to see, I think it would be probably pretty uh, emasculating, right? And I mm-hmm. think you have to have a certain amount of uh, you know uh, kind of. Uh, machismo if you will to kind of be successful as an athlete on this level right mm-hmm. you know and i think people calling you out is 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 kind of uh disrespectful in some ways right there's got to be a more tactful way to to motivate i think your teammates than by throwing them kind of under the wheels of the bus absolutely absolutely um that all said uh i think people have been over analyzing the stuff that Kyrie's been saying i think I think more important to his leadership is his performance on the court. And the only he's, consistent He's player, led well there. <laughs> yeah, the only consistent player we've had all year is Kyrie Irving, who's honestly having one of the best seasons of his career. His efficiency is unbelievable. Uh, his uh, defense. His defense is like he's putting effort. <laughs> he's like 
for the that most was the part. knock on Kyrie coming out of Cleveland, and mm-hmm. I think you see you see him still take plays off from time to time. But you know he has really stepped up his defensive presence, and, and especially within the Celtics system, you can see that he is more engaged and more active on defense than he ever has been. He's been he's just been consistently fantastic, and I have to say, like I kind of can see why he would get frustrated because uh, he's on the court doing everything that you know we want him to do and then no one else has really been consistent this year uh you know morris was unbelievable to start out the season and he's too good to be true huh yeah, way too good to be true we watched the game together in december remember and we were talking about uh the celtics future and you're like i'm really bummed because i don't know how we can resign morris maybe we can get rid of someone and resign morris <laughs> again my basketball acumen is really tough not <laughs> Jesus, he's been so bad, you know. Um, wait, oh, he's been killing us. Like him and Terry, I think, have been uh, the two major detractors over the past two months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Terry Rozier thing is another thing. Like it's, Ugh. it's a bummer because he was so fun in the playoffs, and uh, he just has not been able to I- embrace his his role with the team. And it's like, sorry, dude. Like yeah. you, you play on a team with Kyrie Irving. Like you're good. Right. But it's, it's right. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> he's basically played like he did in Game Six and Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals last year. That's who he's been all season. Yeah, you know he he showed up not at all for those two games, and that's why the Celtics didn't go to the finals. It was one of the reasons. Um, you know, I forget what the numbers were, but he hit. He was either zero for from three or something like two for twenty over two games. Yeah, something he was, atrocious. He was very very poorly, uh, very poor. Um, who else? Yeah, so Hayward, it's kind of been Hayward and, and uh Morris are like kind of like you know, ships passing in the night, like going in opposite directions. Like it's like they're there's a limited amount of basketball skill that they share and it's all been transferring to Hayward over the course of the season. Hayward, Which is good in the end though. I think that ultimately that's what you want. You want to have Gordon Hayward with that. Oh that yeah, the, power the guy that's paying Marcus thirty Morris. million dollars a year for a few right. more seasons. Yeah, I'd rather have him yeah. have the skill. Um Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's funny like when I what what is the stat like the Celtics are like undefeated when he scores like 20 points I think something like that. Yeah, and he was also was he perfect from the floor in the last game? Yeah, he was he 9 was, for 9. He was 9 for 9 game. or something like that. Yeah. I think I think he's he's one of the keys to the playoff run and I know we're not there quite yet, but that's that's one of the things we're going to talk about is is you know his importance to, to yeah, their success. Absolutely. Um just as as far as the season uh, regular season stuff goes what do you how much blame do you assign to Brad Stevens for how the season has gone? Well, he's the head coach, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's got to be a certain amount of blame that uh, it falls on his lap as far as his ability to manage minutes, manage the team personalities. Although mm-hmm. having said that, you know the the Celtics are still probably going to end up with home court advantage for their for at least the first round, although you know I, I think they probably finished at least with 10 losses uh, more than they anticipated, right? I think this team was expected to, by some people, win 60 games. Yeah. We might, we might gonna... get to 50 if we win out, which right. is cool. But, uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's nice to be on a roll going into the playoffs, but I almost at this point rather rest guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and see see that we're healthy going into things as opposed to uh, you know risking an Aaron Baines uh, rolled ankle uh, going into a series with which uh, we're going to need him very much. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know? um, if you, what 
specifically in the regular season do you think Brad Stevens could have done differently? I know you're not. Uh, a I, coach. Yeah. I know. No. You're not, yeah. Far from it. Far from it. I mean, I. As a teacher, I'm a leader, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I, you know, honestly, I, I don't know what else he could have done, right? Uh, I mean, I think he just had a minutes jam, right? And that was mm-hmm. going to be tough. Terry Rozier was never going to be happy, no matter what you gave him, because you could only afford to give him so much time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, he ended up being sort of like maybe a little tough in the locker room. But I guess none of us are there with them in the locker room. It's tough to say what's actually going on. The, mm-hmm. the rumors that guys don't get along seem to be, I don't know, pretty disputable when you see them celebrating at the uh, end of big wins you know, with yeah. each other when, when those bench guys are getting their points and they're all jumping on each other, the starters, and laughing and joking on the bench when, when their guys are doing well in the game. So, you know, it, it, I don't know what else he could have done differently. Maybe Danny Ainge put him in a difficult position by not moving on from a guy like Terry Rozier. Mm-hmm. You know, perhaps Brad Wanamaker with more minutes could have been just as uh, efficient, if not maybe more so. And right? Maybe, maybe Certainly a more humble role. presence, yeah. right? You know, somebody who was expecting not that much who, who would be happy with whatever scraps he gets, right? One of the things that people were pretty critical of Brad Stevens uh, for over the course of the season was playing – Hayward too much. And you could argue that maybe if we hadn't given Hayward so many minutes earlier in the season, like we might have, you know, five more wins or something like that. Um, he definitely killed us uh, a few games. But, <laughs> no doubt. But Stevens obviously wanted to keep giving him those reps and build his confidence. And if if the Gordon Hayward that we're seeing now is the Gordon Hayward that we see in the playoffs, you could argue that, like, Stevens actually did a really good job in that respect. You know what I mean? Uh, agreed, totally. I mean, I, I think you know we've we've been setting a few different times that we thought he was back, but it seems to be his most consistent run um, since he's come back from that uh, concussion. I think he had about a month ago. Oh, right. He's yeah. really he's put up some good numbers. I know his season average for scoring is is over. It's eleven and a half points. Something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, I think, you know, if you anticipate that he'll add uh, three or four points to that in the playoffs, if he's averaging 15, that's uh, that's pretty good for the Celtics, along with his uh, rebounding because he's got yeah, nice size. Bench, that would be great, yeah. You know, um, and uh, it, I guess he's probably still going to come off the bench, I assume. I think I'm not sure what the Celtics' starting lineup will be going into the playoffs, but I assume it will be matchup-based maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, but you'll see probably uh, Baines in there against the the Pacers to start off. I, I assume. I think. I think the uh, the you know the twin tower thing that they've been doing with Horford and Baines seems to be working pretty well. I, I imagine that'll be the strategy to start out the playoffs, especially the, against the Pacers. I think that's that's you know the the best matchup for them to start the game for sure. Yeah. What um, about um? What about so? Uh, let's talk about a couple more of the individual players because I'm kind of yeah. I'm curious for your thoughts on this. So uh, yeah, Kyrie's been great. Horford, when healthy, has been great. Um, Brown started the season uh, disastrously. He was he, he was, did have a hand injury. He had a hand injury, um, but he was he was really bad, alarmingly bad for a lot <laughs> of the season. He was making terrible decisions. Uh, he clearly was was having um, uh, issues, uh, you know, personal issues with a lot of the other players on the team. And, yeah, he was just kind of a disaster. And now, you know, fast forward, you know, all these months later, he's he's been uh, just unbelievable. Like, right. 
it's crazy. Um, it's but, it's a little bit like night and day because I mean, like you said, you know, obviously Kyrie is our most talented player, and mm-hmm. maybe Al Horford is the the most integral to our success going forward. But uh, you know, Jalen Brown, aside from those two, uh, has just about been the most consistent Celtic for the entire second half of the season. Yeah, you know, I think especially if you look at the numbers. But having watched the games, besides uh, the occasional defensive. You know, laps. I think he does get distracted from time to time uh, mm-hmm. on defense. Uh, he has been really strong attacking the rim and not putting up those uh, those those long twos, uh, uh, the uh, the threes too early in the shot clock. He's been really uh, attacking. I think that's uh, kind of the key to success in the playoffs, especially. He, he seems to me to be the Celtic who's the best at playing through adversity right now. Like other guys, you can just right. kind of tell. When you know when the team gets punched, they sometimes just yield. You know, like, right? You know like what? Jason Tatum is talented, but he's almost like a little too passive uh, in times out yeah. there. You know, um, he's he's still aggressive. I think in other times we've seen him dunk on LeBron in the playoffs, but you know, I think it, there hasn't been enough of that Jason Tatum this season. No, yeah, that, Tatum is the other one that I did want to get into because, like, I, I just well, don't... I mean, I. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I just don't know what to make of him. Like, uh, I don't think he's been, you know, obviously he isn't living up to the promise of his rookie season, and that's disappointing. But at the same time, his, you know, he's scoring 16 points a game uh, on the season, six rebounds, uh, two assists. I mean, for a second-year player right. who's playing alongside a lot of other talent, like, that's that's not terrible. And he's he's had plenty of good games you know he's been our leading scorer in a number of games you know um every every now and then you know he's he's the talent is there um and i I think it certainly is maybe you're right that there is like just this like sort of a uh i don't want to say effort but it, it must be weird when you have his level of talent and you have the amount of hype behind him that he has and especially after the postseason last year and then all of a sudden you're playing alongside, like, you know, Kyrie Irving and Al Horford and guys like Marcus Morris who are extremely confident no matter, <laughs> no matter how they're playing. No matter, no matter what. Mook never saw a shot he didn't like. <laughs> you know, uh, Jason Tatum is, is still very, very young, and, and that's got to be tough. Hopefully hopefully he can find himself because the talent is is really there. He's, you know, he's such a, a fluid player such a versatile scorer um if he if he can focus up and improve his decision making and his uh kind of like consistency he's going to be unbelievable uh, and that's the hope right i mean and i think he showed flashes of stuff like that he just seems to have a little bit of a air of passiveness to him you know even mm. even in his commercials for the local donut shop he almost seems like a, <laughs> I don't get a little those. <laughs> a little washed out you know he's sort of like just standing there and you're like really somebody could give this kid some acting lessons right <laughs> and i know he's young and he'll probably grow into some confidence there but you know i mean he's built like a man right he he plays ball like a man when he wants to yeah. but he almost kind of like still has that baby face still has that attitude of maybe like respecting his elders too much you know when when Kyrie had some negative stuff to say about the young guys early in the season I think he was a little more accepting of yeah. that criticism for better or for worse Jalen Brown was like obviously a, like 
Jalen Brown was like, I'll kill you. And no, Jalen Brown was like, say yeah. that to my face. Yeah. And Tatum you know? clearly more was like, sorry, dad. <laughs> right, right. You know, which I think is, is nice for our team harmony and getting along. But don't you want your guys to kind of say like, no, man, I don't see it like that, really. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and have that kind of aggressiveness to defend themselves. So so I don't know. Maybe that will come with time. Maybe he hasn't given a been given enough of a chance to really uh, take the mantle, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think the playoffs are, are where uh, boys become men, so to That's speak. True. So, um, so yeah, you know, another another strong performance here could could really uh, could could up his value. Sure. Yeah, could really galvanize him. Um, yeah, and yeah, you know, the, those those yeah those uh, experiences, the, the the experience of the playoffs can. It's funny how that can kind of impact your career and, and you know give confidence and take it away. You know, last year we remember that dunk on LeBron when he kind of gave him a chest bump afterwards, and it was kind of at that point. In the game, that was Game Seven, I think. I remember thinking, Celtics are going to win this. Yeah, me too. This is amazing. Look at LeBron; the torch is being passed. Get out of here! We're I was like, this guy's going to be this guy's going to be the star of Space Jam Three. He's that. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh gosh, if things had just worked out differently in that in that Game Seven. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah. It still, it still hurts. It still hurts. It, it does uh, a little bit. So let's talk. Okay, let's talk about our expectations going into the playoffs. And I think a lot of the stuff uh, uh, is obviously directly related to all the stuff we just talk about, talked about. Um, Would you say you've learned the lesson, however, when it comes to expectations, considering what the expectations were going into the season and now the expectations we have going into the playoffs? Do you think that yours are lower going into the playoffs than they were at the beginning of the I, season? I will, I will never learn my lesson when it comes to that. <laughs> a true green team. <laughs> I have to say... Despite despite this being a really frustrating season where this team has been uh, very difficult to watch for, for long stretches, and, you know, it's like they're all taking turns driving you crazy with their attitude and their performance. I have to say, these last few games, it's starting to feel like they might have figured it out. And I know it's like... <laughs> but all, all the tattoos on my body have led me to think I finally have the solution. I know I have this like fishbowl memory when it comes to this stuff, but like if if you look at the long term trends, like the slow incremental growth of Hayward, it does seem like he might be there, and this is when we need him to be there. Um, Brown is playing great. Morris is just gonna you know. Morris might not even make the rotation in the playoffs because he's so poor. <laughs> uh, fall. You know, if Horford and Irving are healthy, if Gordon Hayward plays well, if Jalen Brown can keep giving us like 16 points a game off the bench, I think this right. team can do a lot of damage. Um, what do you think? So you have learned your lesson. You seem to be a little bit more cautious. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, I guess it's uh, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me nine thousand times. I must be. A, I must be a Trump voter or something like that, right? Ooh, um, but uh, <laughs> there's always a good time for a dig on Trump. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So you know, I, I think I am optimistic. Of course, I can't. I can't help the the love I have inside me and the, the recognition that in the end, talent is what wins out in this league, mm-hmm. and the Celtics have the talent. They have the size, they have the depth to to really make a, a solid playoff run. I think if they're healthy, um, you know, especially running into some possibly 
questionable health uh, on some of these other teams. Uh, Milwaukee is missing uh, Brogdon. Mm-hmm. I don't think he is going to be back for the uh, second round series. Um, you know, you, you never know who, who turns an ankle here and there and not wishing any ill will on anybody, but this team certainly has the talent to make a run. And, uh, if, you know, as much talent as in the East, I still think Milwaukee hasn't beaten anybody. They've never won a playoff series, right, with Giannis? Uh, that's, I believe, correct. Yeah. I think so. I think. I mean, the Celts uh, went seven with them last year, and uh, they and that was the they first not, round. Yeah, yeah. They did not win. So, I, and I don't think they've uh, won a playoff series. So, you know, I think there's still some some young teams with talent that need to prove themselves, and uh, you know, the Celts are rounding into a form right at the the best time. Who Who are you more scared of, uh, Milwaukee or Toronto? Uh, honestly, I think Toronto scares me a lot more than Milwaukee. They've had a number um, for years. You know, I, I think you can even allow Giannis to to go off as long as you contain guys like Chris Middleton and mm-hmm. uh, and um, not Drew Bledsoe, uh, Eric Bledsoe there, right? Um, you know, I think if you if you if you can contain those those fringe support players and let Giannis, uh, you know, score fifty, I think the Celts can still beat that in a seven game series. Uh-huh. You know, and then so I, I think Toronto is is the biggest the biggest worry. You know, my ultimate hope is that we end up with a Philly uh Toronto matchup and Philly tops Toronto and then the Celtics get past Milwaukee and then we have those Patsies, <laughs> the seventy sixers for the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh that'd be fun. <laughs> That would be that, that'd be great. You know, I'd love to. I'd love to uh, beat them four straight teams and uh, run into the finals. <laughs> um, so yes, I've lowered my expectations, Herb. Do you, <laughs> do you think uh, with every if every player on the Celtics is playing like to the best of their abilities, and we obviously have not seen that all at once this season, um, but it. it like you know, in in a kind of like in a vacuum, if if all the Celtics players are playing to the best of their abilities, are they the most talented team in the East? Do they have the most talent in the East? I mean, they're certainly right up there with Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you look at that starting lineup in Philadelphia, and I mean, Jesus, that's a lot of talent in the starting lineup. But then, I mean, thankfully for us, the bench is like you know, like the high school JVB team. <laughs> Uh, the who's who of like awkward white guys, right? That uh, <laughs> that just don't quite make the cut. You know, never going to have the consistency from the bench. I think in Philly, not this year. So um, I think Toronto's extremely talented. Uh, I'm not sure still how the addition of um, the youngest Gasol brother uh, swapping <laughs> him out for uh, Villanueva exactly how that works. I mean, in, in theory, that's an upgrade. I don't know yeah. in practice if it is. Uh, I don't know if Kyle Lowry is going to be all-star Kyle Lowry or if he's going to be like, uh, I'm mysteriously injured for two months, Kyle Lowry, right? And mm-hmm. I think, you know, uh, Kawhi is, is, is amazing. And, you know, he can maybe win a series single-handedly. I don't know. It's so funny, like, when you talk about all the talented players on that team, before you get to Kawhi, it's like, man, these guys can do so much damage oh. and they have so much talent. And then it's Pascal like, oh. Siakam, uh, yeah. uh, Ibaka's still there, right? Serge Ibaka, is he still up there? I'm pretty sure he is. You I'm got Ernie sure. He's been playing oh, really well. Yeah, man. I mean, that team just looks great Danny from top Green. to bottom. <laughs> right, right. That guy knows nothing about winning titles, does he? <laughs> yeah. Clutch shooting? No. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, Toronto has got to be one of the favorites, absolutely, and, and somebody who's got a lot of talent. It's, uh, it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait for the playoffs this year. Uh, the fact that, you know, the fact that we're not going to see – LeBron in his eighth straight finals. I mean, that's a miraculous achievement. Congratulations, <laughs> LeBron. 
but I am so sick of watching you in the finals. Are you a LeBron uh, hater? Do you hate LeBron? Uh, I wouldn't say that I hate him. I mean, I really respect a lot of the stuff that he does. You know, the school he built is... Sure. You know, a lot of right. stuff he does, like, for uh, his community, his charity work is incredible. Uh, he's Have you watched The Shop? Did you enjoy The Shop on no, HBO? No, I'm not, I'm not going to watch that. I watched it. It was, it was pretty all right. Okay. I've, I've enjoyed the episodes. It's very, like, you know, socially conscious. I think, like... It's definitely, um, you know, I, I learned some things I, I didn't know, and I got some, like, interesting point of views. And I think, like, you know, while it feels a little scripted, they certainly mm-hmm. seem to be off the cuff, you know, and LeBron mm-hmm. is all cussing all over the place and stuff like that. It feels He feels like a real guy, you know, as, as opposed to the guy who I rooted against for so many years. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing but respect for him and his career. I, I do think that he... His decision to go to L.A. Uh, was a little baffling, and it's obviously been, like, a worst-case scenario. You're walking around your house right now. I can see you. <laughs> oh. What's going on, buddy? Oh, sorry. sorry, buddy. I got the, I got the cat meow- the cat, the cat is meowing in the background. Oh, okay. I apologize. That's all right. Yes, this I'm is here. an animal-friendly friendly podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. But yeah, She's named just, after uh, Larry Bird, Birdie Mittens. <laughs> really? Birdie yeah. Mittens. That's <laughs> As he came with the name Mittens, so uh, we gave her the name Birdie because, uh, you know, the legend Larry 33, <laughs> always representing in our household. So, um, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, fact, the fact that LeBron is not going to be in the playoffs, uh, or uh, especially not going to be in the finals, is like super exciting right. to me. And then, uh, man, I still think the Warriors are, are far far and away like the favorites to win it all but this is the right. most vulnerable they felt in in quite some time sure um, it does feel a little bit like only the warriors can beat the warriors right sure yeah that's what they've been saying <laughs> like well it seems like you know it's, it's if, if tensions boil over uh you know they can be had but in a seven game series who beats this team in a seven game series yeah, you're right i mean in the West. I mean, ah, the Rockets almost did it last year. The Rockets do look really good. And when you think about uh, how bad they started the season, and now they're only three games behind the Warriors, like, if you, if you like, excise, like, the first month of the season, the Rockets are, are the best team, right? Sure. They'd have but you record. imagine Chris Paul's just going to get hurt in the playoffs at some point, right? Isn't that always what happens? Yep. He's, he's only good year. for a certain yeah. number of games, although he did did come back uh, halfway through the season, so maybe he is, uh, you know, He's ready got a to make few a run less miles finally. On his legs. Yeah. I mean, there's a guy who has never been to the finals, right? Chris, Chris Paul? Paul's never even been to the conference finals. Right. I mean, he's been on some stacked teams yeah. in the past. Those Clippers teams, I think, were definitely favored to make some runs, and that didn't pan out. It's amazing to think that, like, yeah, those those that Clippers uh, dynasty, not not really dynasty, but the, the teams with uh, Griffin and, and Jordan. They never got out of the second round, and they were so good. I know. Ridiculous, huh? NBA is brutal, man. It's brutal. Oh, look at that. (laughs) We're on a Skype video call right now, and I just saw uh, Dave's cat. Very cute. Cool. Well, yeah, I I can't wait for these playoffs. And uh, I am so dumb, but I'm, like, excited about the Celtics team. (laughs) I think they can maybe do something, and I know I'm an idiot. 
But uh, the thing is, the the talent over seven games against the same team in every round really gives the Celtics an opportunity to do something. Yeah, you know, it, it, they're they're a tough team, I think, to beat. Once they figure out how to beat another team, I think the Celtics can really they have the tools and the weapons to attack teams at their weaknesses. It's just a matter of identifying those weaknesses. If if Hayward is really back, if Stevens can get these guys to kind of focus up and play through adversity, I think this team is is going to be dangerous, and I'm really excited. Yeah, and I, you know, I think uh, let's keep the bar set high, right? Uh, they they can achieve this if uh, if things work out right. They absolutely can. They absolutely can. Believe, dare to believe. Um, cool. Do you do you have any worries about them even in the first round? It looks like they are square to, to, to face oh, the Pacers. I, right? I would not be surprised if they lost in the first round. I'll be hugely disappointed. <laughs> but I went to the game against the Pacers. Actually, uh, the, the last t- time they played them at home, it was it a week ago from Friday, uh-huh. uh, where Kyrie hit the game winning shot. There. Oh, that was and, a great uh, game. That was fun. Yeah, it was a great game. Uh, Garden crowd was playoff ready. I think, right. uh, and you know, uh, we're going to see a run here. Do you think you're going to try crossed. to get any playoff games? Yeah, we'll see. First round, I'm not going to worry about it. If they make it to the second round, we'll see about, uh, you know, mortgaging the house to afford a ticket. <laughs> what about yourself? You got any uh, hookups for uh, some Warriors games? No, I mean, like, the Warriors games, like, are so obscenely expensive. Um, what if it's a finals game and the Celtics are there? Are you going to try to get in? Is there I, any chance? I would do everything in my power to try to go to a game, but I think at that point you're talking about, like, like eight hundred dollars for the standing room only like it's tough to justify that yeah plus i i love live basketball i think live basketball is phenomenal and anyone who hasn't gone should go even if they don't know how they feel about basketball but um i I like watching the games on tv i like the commentary i like watching with my friends like i it'd be fun to go to i've never in any sport been to any kind of playoff game and i would like to do that at some point in my life but at the same time it's like i'm not like you know, I'm perfectly happy to be watching it on my TV, you know. Well, these days, I think with the HD capabilities and the big screens and the surround sound, you mostly have the game it's experience. It's like you're at the game, yeah. Minus all the horribleness, <laughs> right? Minus the, the people behind you that sat behind me and talked about LASIK surgery for 20 minutes at the game on Friday. Oh, my gosh. You know, um, they came in halfway through the second quarter. You don't even wear glasses. Double fisting, tall boy beers, right? No, they, they, that's, that's what they talked about. These people behind me, they talked about nothing. They drank beer, then they left uh, halfway through the fourth quarter of a tie game wow you know uh that's incredible yeah Yeah, you see some interesting things when you're in the second to last row of the boston garden (laughs) the last time uh the last time i went to a game with my twin brother uh who is also friends with you um martin yeah we saw the uh we saw the thunder uh (laughs) play the celtics and uh there were these really obnoxious kids. good matchup oh it was so much fun yeah uh there were these really obnoxious kids in front of us um that were just, you know, they were just making dumb jokes. They were probably, like, teenagers, you know, just like, you know, how <laughs> there's no worse creature on the earth than a, a teenage human being. Uh, I'm just kidding. I know. You <laughs> well, um, as somebody who teaches them every day, you know, I think uh, I understand where you're coming from, and I, uh, you know, will plead the fifth. Okay. Uh, anyway, they were being really obnoxious the whole game, and then uh, Martin spilled a beer all over one of them. <laughs> Oh, and he karma, so, karma, huh? He was so sad. It was an accident, but the kid was so sad, and they were silent for the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might have been worth the price of that $17 beer. Oh, man, you're not kidding. For the uh, golden silence. 
Oh, so we'll see. Uh, remains to be seen what the uh, if either of us will make it to a playoff game. Yeah, I I, I highly doubt it, uh, but I'll definitely be watching them, and I'll probably be texting you uh, to see what you think. Of I, I hope so, my friend. <laughs> cool. Um, and uh, if this wasn't too horrible, maybe we'll do it again sometime. I would love to, man. I think this has been. We'll see how it sounds. We'll see what the rules nation has to say about your appearance. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to spread the word. You're going to get all the, uh, the fans of the at prof chop on Twitter. That's all my right. shameless plug for my, uh, Celtics tweets out there. Prof chop. That's P R O F chop. Like chop suey. That's right. C H O P. Um, I certainly enjoy, uh, following you, uh, your Twitter account, especially during Celtics games. Cause you always have a lot to say. Um, I really, uh, really appreciate you coming on the pod. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's just great to talk to you anyway because we never really do anything like this. But uh, uh, I appreciate. Agreed, you agreed, my friend. It was, uh, it was good to hear you and uh, see you here on this little video chat. Yeah. And uh, let's, uh, you know, even if we don't do it for the podcast, let's chat during the playoffs. Love it. I love it. Um, to all you listening at home, uh, if you didn't like Dave, uh, tough luck. Because he's, <laughs> he's the new Arik. <laughs> Sorry, Arik. Hey, thanks for having me here. Yeah, cheers. All right, buddy, talk soon.